Welcome to the Job Shop Show, where we talk with the owners, suppliers, partners, and customers of custom manufacturers. Listen and learn the secrets of top-performing job shops, the tools, techniques, and backgrounds that made them successful, all in the quest of raising the bar for custom manufacturing. I'm your host, Jay Jacobs. This episode is sponsored by Paperless Parts, connecting buyers and suppliers of custom manufactured parts. Paperless Platform is a secure, ITAR-compliant, cloud-based manufacturing system for suppliers that reduces the amount of time spent on sales, estimating, quoting, administration, and order processing. It offers seamless integration with the accounting and ERP software tools that shops already use, such as QuickBooks, E2, and JobBoss. Paperless Parts was founded with a mission to make manufacturing more accessible by streamlining the quote to cash process. Spend less time quoting and more time selling. This episode is sponsored by our friends at the NTMA, the National Tooling and Machining Association. The NTMA is an association of privately held, entrepreneurial-based, and family-owned businesses, representing nearly 1,200 small to mid-sized machine shops and tool and die shops across the country. They have approximately 30 very active regional chapters that host local events, run apprenticeship programs, and provide other services to their regional members. As an association of peers, the goal of the NTMA is to help members of the U.S. precision custom manufacturing industry achieve profitable growth and business success in a global economy through networking, workforce development, and training, technology, best practices, education, advocacy, programs, and services with industry partners. To learn how your company can get involved with the NTMA, including how to join, visit ntma.org. Shazam! This is Jay Jacobs. Welcome to the Job Shop Show. If you like data and numbers, this episode is for you. Jeff Gorman and I talk analytics. Analytics, in this case, meaning data derived from activities primarily around quoting. If you're using Excel or ERP systems to quote, it means it's really hard to understand information such as win rates. All that information has to be inputted manually. The advantage of using estimating software is that this all comes along for free with very little effort to generate reports with exact information that can be sliced and diced in a ton of different ways. Jeff and I get into what some of these ways are, both out of the box and how you can customize. Peter Drucker says, what gets measured gets managed. Regular measurement and reporting keeps you focused on what you're trying to achieve. So this episode is all about that. Enjoy. Welcome back, Jeff. Good to see you. Good to see you as well, Jay. Thanks for having me back. Today is August 31st, 2022, and summer is faded. So it's time to get back to the grindstone. I'm sure the shops are starting to see the influx of quotes and orders as all the designers and companies come back and say, we got to get stuff done before the end of the year. What are you seeing? Uh, totally. We're seeing alignment with that over here as well. I think Q4 is always a big quarter for us. We find that you know shops are, are looking to make decisions at the end of the year. and We're reaching out to those shops to try to get in touch with them. So definitely busy all around the industry, I think, this time of year. We had touched upon analytics at one point in time, but I think today might be fun to go for a deep dive. What do you think? Absolutely. Analytics is one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite features about paperless parts. Actually, you know what, what I went to school for, I, I went to Bryant University for applied analytics, not why I ended up at paperless parts, but as soon as I got my hands on that analytics tool, it quickly became <laughs> one of my favorite things about working here and one of my favorite things to talk with customers about. I did not know that was your degree. And it's funny, the applied versus theoretical. What do you mean by that? 
Well, I know in math, there's applied mathematics, and then there's the sort of theoretical mathematics. And I, I love the applied side because you're putting it to use. You're, as we do every day with our customers, you are saying, okay, here's what you can do with this tool rather than theoretically, it would be possible to use analytics to do X, Y, and Z. Right. No regressions and things like that you know, on my side of the screen here. It's really just taking a look at raw data, you know, aggregating things like the number of quotes and number of orders sent, you know, line items over weeks and stuff like that, and use that to make real decisions, actionable decisions. So nothing how, theoretical. How would you define analytics? What is analytics? I don't know if there's one sentence you know, that, that you could use to define analytics. But I think it's more of a concept centered around, I guess I'm going to use the word, you have a hypothesis, right? So you, you're thinking about something, you think there might be, you know, a decrease in X or an increase in Y, and perhaps it's due to, to Z. Mm -hmm. And so to me, analytics is, okay, what information can I collect to validate my thoughts and how can I do it? with little effort so that it becomes part of the business. You know, what tool can I put in place to help me collect the right info and shape it in a way that allows me to make decisions with it? So I think that's what analytics is all about, but really about retrospecting just as much as it is sort of being proactive with your decision-making. A different word that is in many ways, one and the same is metrics. And when I think of a business owner, I had three key metrics at Rapid that I used. And those were not necessarily the common metrics that one might think they were, to me, leading indicators of where the business was heading and that if I didn't correct it, the business would see a negative outcome in the coming months. And I'll give a hypothetical example, but one that I think paperless parts could dig out with a little programming is if you are a shop that is doing prototypes, it would make sense that you want to know how many new customers you are quoting every month and how many new customers you are winning every month. And what they are as a percentage of total customers. Somewhere in there is a probably an indicator of whether or not you're bringing in enough new business to maintain your revenue levels or grow to the revenue levels that you want. Because particularly in the prototyping world, it's project-based. So somebody might be a huge customer one year, the project gets done, and you see very little from them the next year. Now, granted, prototype shops are probably a smaller sub-segment of paperless parts customers. But if you are a short run shop and you are not working with four or five customers on a regular basis and make up 80% of your revenue, some sort of metric on new customers is probably pretty useful. And then thinking about it in different ways as a percent of revenue for the month, for the percent of the total customers, it's one of those things that you can try to figure out, does this metric make sense? And then you can go back in history and say, oh, 
it does make sense or it doesn't make sense. This correlates quite strongly or it doesn't. Obviously, top line revenue, are you growing or not, whether you're making money, profit or not, you can get that from your accounting software. But there's other things that are tougher to pull out and a lot of times very manual unless you have all your quotes in a system like paperless parts where you can sort of slice and dice that data any way you want. So I, I like to look at the ability, the analytics in paperless gives you the ability to slice and dice the data that has come in from all the different parts and all the different customers, both won and loss over whatever time period you want to put it across. Yeah. And even beyond that, you're also collecting input on, you know, who worked on the quote, uh, mm -hmm. who, you know, who estimated this part, who made this part. Right. And when did it happen? How many times do we revise? It? Well, so a lot of that's hard, going to be really harder. So this is, this is our deep dive. One of the basic things that I want to know as a shop owner is win loss. You know, I put out a hundred quotes. What's my win loss ratio. And is it, is it right? Well, like, there's all sorts of pieces behind that. So are shops asking you to help them with their understanding their win-loss ratio? Totally. And win-loss or win rate is kind of one of our out-of-the-box default you know, metrics that, that everybody has access to that uses paperless parts. But it goes far beyond sort of the surface level win rate percentage. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's one thing to show you, hey, you... We actually talk about win rate in terms of quote and order items rather mm -hmm. than just quotes and orders themselves, right? Because you can have many parts on a quote. Uh, and so, but you can look at it either way you want. Exactly. So, you know, how we present it is how many quote items did you send out and how many order items did you get in a period? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can figure out a percentage that way. But customers are, you know, they're realizing that there's more that you need to think about when you interpret that percentage. So we're no quoting parts, right? Mm -hmm. So is that a win? Is that a loss? Or is that its own metric? Um, and that's going to be different for each shop. The other side of that is a lot. Are you revising quotes? If you're in prototyping or doing small runs, you're probably going through four five and six revisions at times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is, are we just going to count that latest revision as one quote? Or are we going to factor in all six? So they're there are some nuances, I guess, to how you collect and interpret your win rate. What I'm hearing is we have standards on how we present the information. If you want to look at each rev of the quote, perhaps as a separate win-loss, you could change it to do that, but that's not how the standard template works. Correct. The standard template is really just, you know, how, how many quote items did you send out? How many order items did you receive in the period? And then part of that standard includes, you know, we negate no quoted items from that calculation. So you, let's say you quote 500 items in a week and a hundred of them, you know, quoted, mm -hmm. we're going to do the math on 400 items. So if you win 200, you had a 50% win rate since we're only factoring in the items that you did not know. quote. And I want to put forth, I think it's really important even though it's a little extra time and effort to put your no quotes, the whole RFQ and the individual line items in the system, because that gives you data as well. You know, and also if the part comes up again, you 
have a reference point and you look it up, you say, oh, if we know quote of that and you have a reason why, as opposed to you reply in an email back, no quote, you may give a lot of reason or simply the no quote, but it's not captured in the software and therefore it's not really of any use to you downstream. 100%. I always try to encourage folks to, you know, no quote the part in paperless parts, but still cost it out if it makes sense to. You know, at times, if it's just completely not the type of work that you do or not even a type of part that you would know how to assign a rough cost to. But if you're no quoting it because it's too simple or the volume's too low or, or too high or something like that, I think cost out the part if, if you know how to estimate it, but still no quote it to your customer. They're not going to see you know, what you landed on for a cost, but we're going to store that in paperless parts. And, mm. you know, you're building up a ledger of all the work you've no quoted. And at some point in time, there's probably some justification in there for a business decision. Mm. So if you're not collecting that information, I guess you don't know what you don't know. If it, you know, I, I use the example of a, a wire EDM feature. So you're mm. a wire EDM machine uh, and you're receiving parts that would require you know, that, that operation to produce a certain feature and you're no quoting it for that reason, keep track of that. And if all of a sudden in a year you've received you know, X amount of potential value quotes for those no quoted jobs, it might be time to justify you know, the decision on equipment or to try to find a partner that can work with you on that job. Yeah. I think of it as you intuitively know that you've been no quoting a lot of wire EDM parts or parts that would use that operation, but you are not able to quantify it. And I think it's always better to make a decision, use the gut to guide you, but use the data to finalize the decision. Exactly. And I've had shops reach out and they say, Hey, you know, I'm no quoting these parts, but I want to keep track of the reason. Is there a way to do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So we did, we did that. Yeah. In paperless, you You've got a quote item, right? And on that quote item, you can leave notes. So I've encouraged people to, to leave us kind of a standardized note. You know, it's no quote. And then the reason why, and maybe there's six or eight reasons that they pull from or come up with that they're no quoting parts. And then over time, we're just filing those, those reasons into a tape. And periodically, their team sits down and, and kind of reviews the reasons for no quote. And, and how much value did they no quote over time? How else are people using the win ratio and what are they parsing out of it? Yeah. So we've been talking about win, win ratio or win rate in terms of like the whole shop, but what people typically want to do with that default or out of the box kind of global win rate percent that we provide is to say, Hey, I want to, I want to break this out by each of my accounts. I want to know who I'm winning with more, who I'm winning with less. I yep. want to know who's jerking me around, sending me hundreds of requests, but not buying anything. I want to know which one of my estimators is winning the most or you know, who, who might not be. Let's park the estimators because I want to get back to that because I think that's really valuable if we can continue down the path of the customer. Yeah. So one of the tables that, that we present to customers in the analytics page that I really like is you know just a list of all your accounts, how many inbound RFQs did you get from them? Mm -hmm. uh, how many items did they order of those requests? How quick were you turning around quotes to that account? And you know, what's the win rate percent? Um, so it, it becomes really clear 
who is easy to work with or who's your good customer and, and who might not be when you start mm-hmm. to get the data like that kind of one simple page it's like mm-hmm. wow these people have ordered 90 out of the 110 items i sent them in the last quarter meanwhile i sent 200 to you know joe's design and he hasn't ordered anything yet and sometimes you can just pick up the phone and, and call and see what's going on and use that as relationship building tool whatever it might be but can I'll, share, I'll, I'll share a story we didn't have the data way back in the day, but I worked for a company called Santon Engineering. They were a traditional model shop back before there was 3D printing and stereolithography and all those other tools. And we focused on doing a lot of prototypes for industrial design firms in the Boston areas. And we had a customer who we did a bunch of quotes for. And we finally said to him, this is the last quote. If we don't get an order, then we're not going to be able to quote you anymore. We would love to do business with you, but we can't afford to quote for nothing. So they gave us the order. We did a great job for them. I drove the parts down myself. They ended up between them and the OEMs who they designed parts for, being for the next three years, 60 to 70% of our business and having the knowledge to say to someone, we can't afford to quote you because you're not giving us any business. That's a direct result of having a conversation like that. And you can't have a conversation like that nowadays without being able to present the data to back it up. So even a layer deeper on that topic, beyond win rate, I've had shops come out and say, can we build out you know, a dashboard specific to this account? Because we have a quarterly review with them. Oh, And I want to go and, and tell them how much work we've been doing, how quickly we've been doing it for them. Yeah. And so we'll go and do that and build out a full on dashboards that a shop can take and share with their buyer. Mm-hmm. You know, say here, here's what, is- how, how well we've been taking care of this. I would assume that that dashboard is recyclable and you simply change the customer name to whichever customer you want and you're using the same dashboard, but now it's specific to each customer and you look like a rock star because you've got all this, you probably have more data than your customer has about the relationship, but it's not much work on your end. Exactly. It's just a drop down filter and you can yeah. filter to one account versus another. And you can also adjust the time range. If you want to look at just this past quarter, you want to look at mm. year, it's just a few clicks, but definitely you know, real snazzy looking stuff is with bar graphs, you know, line charts. It's really good to present to your customer. I think it just shows that you care. I do the same thing when I have a conversation with one of our shops I say, Hey, it looks like, you know, your activity skyrocketed paperless parts to tell me about that or maybe on the other end it's declined mm-hmm. are there any so you're using the same analytics tools when you're working with the customers with the shops exactly interesting anything else that you've seen on the win rate and how some of the shops are using that or drilling down into maybe particular aspects how they're refining that i mean you can go just about anywhere with how you want to slice and dice win rate. But the common examples that come to me and probably the more actionable ones are the you know account analytics that we just talked about. After that, you know, then you, you turn your eyes on your own business and say, 
how are my estimators each doing or how are my hmm. persons, you know, doing, and you break out win rate and volume, you know, quote items and order items by estimator. Mm-hmm. And maybe you find that one estimator gets the job done quicker than the other, but they have the same win rate, or you find that you know, one estimator doesn't do as well as another, and you start to dig in as to why, and mm-hmm. maybe just quoting different type of work or different accounts. And that's just the way of the road, or, you know, maybe he's slacking off and chances are you didn't have a good way to figure that out beforehand. If things are siloed in emails or phone calls, spreadsheets. So uh, make it real, real visible, but there's also a gamification aspect of that, that I've seen. So it doesn't have to be, you're, you're looking at your estimators activity from like a parenting perspective, but I've seen shops go ahead and turn it into like a scoreboard almost or say, who's going to get the most quote items this week or month? Who's going to get the most order items? Uh, mm-hmm. and who's going to have the highest win rate. And not that you might you probably don't want to incentivize win rate because then people can just quote. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll get the win rate yeah. up. <laughs> but no, there, there's a lot of ways you can use that data to, you know, drive the team forward. So I love the gamification too. And here's something that you can do that we use to motivate, particularly the younger team members who are coming in and it worked both in engineering as well as estimating. And, and what I mean by that is if you have all the data at your fingertips, you can measure what's important in the department. And so when an estimator hits a certain number of line items quoted, you can create different levels, maybe create prizes. And I think it's underappreciated how much recognition plays in someone wanting to do well for your company. And what I mean by that is I would sign, we created a certificate, which we framed and we gave to them when they hit a certain level of quoting activity. And these estimators hung them in their cubicle. We had a little party in the estimating area. It was combined with engineering and it was a celebration and they were really proud of what they'd accomplished and they should be. They, you know, they put out a thousand line items, 5,000 line items, and you figure out what the number is in your shop, but it's a way to celebrate the achievements. And it's really, particularly with estimating, the more reps you have, the more unique situations you've seen and the less likely those gotchas are going to creep by them. Uh, so using using the analytics in a gamification way, and that reminded me of, of the way that w- we used it a little bit at Rapid, but there's got to be other gamification ways you can use this data as well. Oh, totally. I mean, you, you forget about who's doing the estimating. It's let's set, you know, a, a quoted or ordered value number for the whole team, or maybe mm-hmm. on that as a sidecar to the estimator gamification, you have a team goal. That's like, let's quote, you know, this much volume over the next 30 days, or let's, let's quote, you know, with a, an average draft to send time of less than four hours over the next 30 days. And you can track all that and gamify it, you know, and you can give out rewards for that too. If you think about draft to send time and you have your estimators same this, send the same volume of work in three hours versus four mm-hmm. on average over the course of a month, you can 
assess how much that's and, worth to your business. And and you have the data to say, oh, you, you can't send it in three hours instead of four by not paying attention to detail and either your your win rate goes up or your win rate goes down. No, you our win rate is average of 30%. So you've got to be in a band of 27 to 33% to get this reward. Totally. So there's a whole bunch of ways you can slice and dice it. And if anyone's listening and doesn't know of the advanced analytics, we've got help articles on our support page that you can check out, or you can just shoot me an email and I'm happy to set up a discussion and look at the numbers with you. But I mean, we could sit here and come up with ways to gamify it all day. It also is really applicable to salespeople. And when I think of the salespeople, it's pretty obvious if they work for you, but manufacturers reps can be such black holes and having the data to really understand whether they are adding value to your organization or not. These sort of tools give you a way to have a conversation with them. And some people think, oh, manufacturers reps, they don't they don't cost me anything and they only get paid if we get an order. Well, if you're putting out a lot of quotes or even no quotes because they don't understand your business, that's time that could be spent on someone else and turning another quote around faster or giving better service to someone else. So think of it that way in terms of sales as well. Totally. And then different, but but related to the sales aspect, we have an automatic follow-up tool in paperless parts. So your quote's been outstanding, you know, and you want to follow up on it. We make it really easy for you to resend that quote, you know, with the appropriate message like, Hey, you know, they mm. sent this, wanted to check in. But in the case of the manufacturer's rep, where maybe they're not tied into your systems and you don't want them to be mm -hmm. and build out analytics dashboards that say, oh, here are my outstanding quotes by rep. Give me mm. the name, the phone number and the dollar value. And yep. then you offload that to your reps and say, go follow up. And, you know, people do it for that reason. Or sometimes it's a more intimate follow-up to call by phone rather than using. The so in that analytics to the rep, could you put, a column that showed the number of days since the quote had been sent out? Yes. So you can see the response rate. And let's say that the manufacturer's rep has a answer. It, obviously, if it, the job wasn't won, it was lost. Can he go into the software and mark that quote as lost? Or does it have to come back to someone within the shop? It depends. In the case that we're talking about, you'd probably have them come back to someone in the shop, but you know, everybody uses permissions and differently. Some shops have their reps, you know, in the system, some don't. So depending on the situation, but there's definitely the ability to always come back in and, and add information. I'm thinking also parts are not just one lost or no quoted. Sometimes the quote goes away for a reason besides someone else won the job. Do we have other different categories to put those? And I'm thinking, for example, maybe the part was redesigned and never released. So that's an interesting topic. And that's been coming up with shops. And I, you know, I think we have some work to do to better accommodate that. But how I've gotten you know, shops moving with the tools that we do have is we've got just plain text note fields on parts. Mm -hmm. So you can just throw in, you know, the appropriate text and, and state what it is that we're trying to state. And you can 
you know, you can tableize that in the analytics tool. You can filter and query for text within notes. So there are some creative ways that if you have an initiative like that or some sort of metric that you want or need to track in that department, you know, there's a way to get it done for sure. It sounds like it's a another table to be created. And as customers demand that, it's going to get done. Totally. But, you know, as it stands right now in paperless, you either win a quote or lose it or, you know, quote or quote item rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what else is interesting with analytics? What else can you do with it? The applications are endless. I, I really like the gamification thing ever since we've been talking about it. But if I had to think of my favorite utilization of analytics, sometimes it doesn't even have to do with you know, retrospecting or decision-making or actually analytics at all, it could be like a procedural use for the tool. So let's say you've got a dashboard in your paperless account that shows you your inbound RFQs that have not been assigned to an estimator yet. And maybe this is your daily dashboard and you as the estimating manager come in Mm -hmm. and you're looking at a pie chart of how much work to get done does each of my estimators have? Like how many quote items do they have sitting in draft to get out? Mm. The quote? And okay. then I've got all this unassigned work to assign. So now you can take a look at the bandwidth across your team and assign mm. quotes to them accordingly based on what you're seeing for volume out of each one of them. So it's a way to kind of accelerate how you're getting quotes out the door. Uh-huh. And, and Well, I think about it also when you, when you bring this up, if you are an individual estimator, you're the only estimator at the shop, you know how many quotes, line items, and or full quotes to customers. However, you, you know what your volume is. And you could go in at the beginning of the day and say, man, I got to figure out how to prioritize stuff because I've got twice as much volume in there as I have the ability to do in the next three days. And you want to always please everyone, but the reality is you're not going to. And the people you really want to please are, are the ones who you know are going to give you orders, whether they are your longstanding customers or that once in a while customer, but they always place the order because you have the analytics that show they've placed 90 out of the 100 parts. Yeah, it, managing whether you're managing the team as the manager or whether you're managing yourself because you're the only person, that's a, that's a great insight. Yeah. And I think that that kind of relates back to what we were saying with account analytics, where, you know, if we're going to decide that we're not going to quote someone anymore, it's probably because that that's a form of prioritization in itself, right? Yes. You're deciding that you don't want to take on the effort of quoting this person anymore because they're not ordering anything. So it's kind of a different way of thinking about that. But to your point, in terms of prioritization, I would set up a query that's something like, you know, maybe all my work in draft, let's order it in descending, you know, order it descending in terms of total quote value. And then yes. maybe you cross-reference that with who has a high likelihood of ordering with you um, and gotcha. prioritize that way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe- Are, do you see shops doing this? Do you talk to estimators who have applied these methods in their own daily activities? Absolutely. But how are they doing that? Give, give me an example or a bunch of examples. I think it's the, the biggest and 
most obvious one and probably the most effective one is simply just what is their win rate over the trailing 30, 60, 90 days for this account? And mm -hmm. what's the value of the quote? Those are probably the two things that are going to impact the amount of revenue you can create. Off of so, so they are the shops who are using the analytics. They're really looking at the customers and whether this is a customer I want to spend time on or not. Yep. Huh. I'd say that's the first and, and most important thing, right? Well, it seems like if we use our own sort of analytics on what the customers are using, what the shops are using, they're, they're telling us what's most important. Yeah. I mean, what other ways would you really go about assessing what quote is most important to get to right now or most valuable to get to? It, it's all gut feel. And that's one of the reasons some of the most experienced, if not the most experienced people in the shop are the estimators. And this is another way that data can take away some of the experience required and you can bring in a younger team member who doesn't have the reps under their belt and either if they came off the floor, if they haven't made as many parts as that estimator who came off the floor or they were hired directly to be an estimator and now that they are able to get the reps from working within a system that has put guardrails to make sure that they are not going to harm the company. Thinking back now, and you mentioned this briefly at the start of the call, but another interesting query that I was requested to set up was, I just want a list of all my first time RFQs. So it's, you know, a rolling dashboard that's yep. going to file in a row of data. You know, here's the account name and here's the quote number. This is the first time you've seen a request from them. Mm -hmm. And that individual was picking up the phone and just calling the shop or the buyer that submitted the RFQ and saying, you know, how's it going? How can we be most helpful to you? Yada, yada, yada. Just kicking off the mm -hmm. relationship kind of on the right foot. Mm -hmm. and having to do it and do it in a way where it's effortless, right? He doesn't have to worry about it. Just check that dashboard every couple of days and, and make a couple of phone calls. Well, I didn't have the luxury of dashboards, but as the owner of Rapid, until we got to a certain time and size, I called Every new customer, and, and I, when I say customer, the contact, the buyer, the parts, whether it was an engineer or purchasing agent, and after two or three days after we shipped the parts, and I asked them a bunch of questions. How do we do? What went well? What could we do better? And I used it as both feedback to make sure we were operating the way that I wanted us to operate. But also it was a it was really a sales pitch because I wanted more work. It's a lot easier to sell to somebody who's bought parts from you than get that new person convinced to give you a shot. So I used it as an opportunity to tell them I had an actual hit list. If we'd bought new equipment, if we had expanded the plant, if we had new software, if we had only had machine parts. We also do sheet metal. If we sold them sheet metal parts, we also do machine parts. Oh, you had milled parts. We also offer turning. I wanted to use it as the opportunity to 
sell a hell of a lot more to the shop and to to the sell a lot more to the new customer. And I would also ask him, is there anyone else within your company who you think could use our services? And get their email addresses and phone numbers and email was more typically the way we did it. And then I would send an email to that person and said, Hey, Jeff Gorman recommended that I get in touch with you in regards to prototype sheet metal and machining capabilities. We just made some parts for him and he thought you might be able to use our services as well. It, it having a dashboard where it's a no brainer, you put that, I don't know how many new customers you have a month. Let's say it's two, let's say it's five, maybe it's 10. You put that under the owner's nose and ask them to make some calls. It might be the owner himself who's creating the list. So he <laughs> transfers it from his left hand to his right hand. Sell, baby, sell. Uh, you know, we have in the sales world, ABC, always be closing. Uh, yep. So let me ask you something. How are you identifying or being made aware of, of new contacts to reach out to? I personally did it manually. I had, I went through reports through from QuickBooks at the end of every month and cross correlated. And it probably took me three or four hours every month to put together all the data that I needed, as well as some of the other stuff that we were talking about. The payback was so big, it was worth that three or four hours of data correlation, which essentially you now have at your fingertips. I hate to break it to you. You just couple clicks in paperless and yeah. <laughs> you can do it every night or at the end of the month, however you want to do it. It's it's a beautiful thing that it leaves you more time to make calls, right? Circling back, you just said, you know, throw this list under the owner's nose. That's actually another great application for analytics that, that I've seen where, you know, periodically, whether it's at an interval or a one-time thing, estimators are asked to collect data for someone. Mm. Maybe there's an audit or maybe the owner's, you know, trying to make some decisions, but people reach out to me and say, hey, I need to, you know, report on X, Y, and Z every, every month for my boss. Is there a way you can help me do that? And mm -hmm. in, in more than one instance, I've set an estimator up with a dashboard and he doesn't have to do any of that reporting again, just has to tell his owner to log in and click here when you want to see the report. And it's constantly updating itself and, you know, everybody's happy. Are you familiar with the push or pull concept? Yes. But talk, talk to me more about it so I can make sure we're on the same well, page. Well, and I say this for you if you're listening. If you, if you have to go search for information, if you have to pull it from somewhere, even if it's two clicks from paperless, it's a pull. It's, it's an effort. It's an energy on your part. And what I always tried to do as a owner was have stuff pushed to me. I could ignore it, but it was in front of me. And then I had to make a decision whether to ignore it or not. And an example is I was copied on every single quote and every single customer service email. 
they all were automatically routed to a folder in my email and I didn't look at it very often. But once in a while I would poke in there and I would read what our customers were replying to us. I was looking at the replies, not actually what we sent. And the that's that's what I mean by a, a push-pull. If if I had to go look for all of the replies to emails, I never would have done it. If you have the ability to create a report and it's something that you want somebody to focus on within your organization for whatever reason, it doesn't take a lot of effort for you and it takes zero effort for them. And you can send it by email, you can print it out, you can tell them verbally, but it's think about if you want someone to do something and it involves data, are you going to ask them to go and retrieve it themselves or are you going to figure out how it automatically goes to them? Does that jive with what you were thinking, push and pull? Yeah. You know, I'd like to see more of the pushing out of paperless parts. There are ways we can do that today, but you make a good point. You know, we've, we've gone one step by allowing the estimator to have this dashboard, you know, constantly rolling where he doesn't have to go sift through his email to put it together at the end of the month for his boss. Mm -hmm. But another step would be, you know, find a way for me to automatically push this out to my boss every 30 days if you could. Yeah. Yeah. Be pretty neat. And perhaps that's a, another, I'm always creating work for our dev team at Paperless, but Perhaps there's a way we can set up an analytics so reports automatically get emailed or somehow sent out on whatever interval the person wants. Well, if I'll play the role of our product team right now, Jay, we wouldn't want the data to leave the very secure walls of paperless parts when we could just have you log in securely and, and check out the dashboard there. <laughs> yeah. How about an email with the link to the data to your to the owner? Which, of course, you can't log into unless unless you've got the, the credentials. Yeah. Uh, Touche. You're, you're, you're right. <laughs> well, this has been a great one. Any last thoughts on analytics, applied or theoretical, Jeff? No, I'd say if you're not. If you're not looking at data or if you don't have a means to, you're getting behind because there are a lot of shops out there that are really making use of the data and, and more and more as, as we progress here, but you have to be retrospecting or else you're, you're wasting value. I mean, your data is worth something. Let's leave with this. I'm an estimator. I've never looked at analytics. What do I click on to get that win rate report? Got it up on my second screen here. It's a big button called analytics at the top of your page. And one click on the first page, I see how many quotes did I send in the last 30 days? How many orders were created in the last 30 days? Who were my top customers over the last seven days? What was my average draft to send time? And what was my win rate? As well as how much expedite revenue did I receive off of those quotes in the last 30 days? And that is one click then? One click. I had to scroll a tad to see the last couple of metrics there, but that's all one click on one page. And that page has a few more tabs that go you know, a lot further in depth than that. We'll leave that 
as our action items for our listeners. And if you have never checked out analytics, take the first step, make a click. As always, great chatting with you, Jeff. I learn so much every time we get together and I wish I had these analytics back in the day. It would have saved me a lot of time. I honestly wish I was a shop that could use the analytics that we're providing because they're definitely cool. Yeah. All right, folks. Until next time, keep those lasers cutting and those spindles turning and those analytic reports coming. Have a super day. Thanks for listening to the Job Shop Show podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I read every single one, it also helps me understand what content matters most to you. Thanks again for listening to the Job Shop Show.